0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Welcome to Total Wine & More. I'm on cooler duty this weekend. Fill it up with seltzers and canned cocktails. Oh, wow, great prices. (coughs) Find what you love, love what you find. At Total Wine & More drink responsibly p21 offer deadline on oak street Pile 3 welcome to the housing
0: market i'm with redfin and i'm here to help i need to sell my house great redfin charges a one percent listing fee when you buy and sell with us which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of
1: 8400 dollars. oh wow is that all uh yep i'm kidding you had me at one percent want to win sell with redfin it's real estate done right bidding warrant the offer's counter in five minutes Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com.
0: I'm Tamara Thomas, editor-in-chief of urbanhealthtoday.com, part of the Gakwar family of medical news sites. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you Ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Tamara Thomas and welcome to Urban Health Weekly where we talk about medical news and health topics that matter to you. So I'm here with Jackie and Lou. How are you guys?
2: Good, how are you guys doing?
1: Well, good on this side.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, things could be better. So I've been keeping you abreast of what's been going on. So just to recap, I um, had an MRI last month. Then earlier this month, they sent me for an ultrasound because they said that they saw something. Well, the ultrasound didn't concur with the MRI. So they want to do a biopsy and they want to do the biopsy with um, markers. And so for my part, you know, a lot of the decisions that I've made are sort of like semi-informed, uninformed decisions. So I need more information. So I've been trying for the past week and change to get a hold of either my doctor or a radiologist because I want to talk to a clinician so they have put me through this like ridiculous gauntlet of talking to anybody but a doctor I've spoken to a nurse I've spoken to a rad tech I've spoken to three administrators
2: and that's five people right there that's
0: five people exactly and one of them, uh, you know, I was so annoyed because the first thing out of her mouth, and this is when I was trying to reach back to nurse, was, um, you know, well, they, they told me to tell you that um, until you do the biopsy, there's nothing to talk about. So I said to her, well, you know, I don't really appreciate you starting a conversation with me because my, com- my, my conversation with her was, I have clinical concerns. I really need to speak to a clinician. So when she said that, that set me off because I was like, well, first of all, you don't even know what I'm going to say. And how could you bring a message like that to me? So she starts backtracking. Well, this is what I was told to say. And I said, OK, well, you know, I'm very annoyed that you would start a conversation like that because when I finally told her what my deal was, not only could she not help me, obviously, she said, oh, well, in that case, I'll, you know, I'll send it up. And I said, well, while you're sending messages, why don't you tell whoever sent you with your message that I don't appreciate being sent those kinds of messages and to not start a conversation with something like, like that. Wow. So she starts getting bristly and defensive and she's like, well, I was just, you know, saying what I said, well, I get it. You're just doing what you're told to do. So now I'm telling you, since you're bringing a message back to tell them what I said. You're the messenger. Yeah, since since you're the messenger, deliver my message. So anyway, the nurse called me back. She's extremely apologetic, but she can't answer my questions after I start talking to her. So
2: So did it just feel like a smoothing over or did it feel like like really trying to help you?
0: um, Well, it didn't feel like really trying to help me. It felt like, um, it felt well-meaning. I didn't feel like anyone was like, what do you want? But it felt like the doctors, the clinicians, and not to say that a nurse is not a clinician, but the first thing I asked her is, are you familiar with my case? She says, well, I have your chart right in front of me. Now, I've never heard of this woman. I've never seen this woman in my visits to the facilities. I mean, you know, how could she be familiar with my case? I don't know, but she said she was. And then she's, I can hear her leafing through my chart, looking for information. And I'm just like, eh this will blip wow she she has no idea but then she admitted that she had no idea how to help me.
2: okay well so that's at least fair. There's
0: that so you know I'm I'm blasting all these people and I'm like I need to speak to a clinician I need to speak to a clinician I'll talk to I want to either talk to my you know doctor my breast doctor or I'll talk to a radiologist but I want to talk to somebody who's going to be able to make decisions and I'm going to be able to have a, a conversation with someone who's going to be able to move the needle one way or the other. And I was just really unhappy that these people just kind of went out of their way. And then at one point, one of the administrators says to me, well, you know, they're busy seeing patients. I said, excuse me, I'm a patient.
2: Okay. I'm not calling you out of the blue. I'm right. This isn't just like, oh, I have a few questions. I'm just curious. Yeah. You're you know, I feel like I'm shopping around for a
0: facility and I want to get to know you. Which, by the way, I did do that many, many years to go to a doctor. Visited <laughs> him, <laughs> and I'm like, I just wanted to meet you. And he's just like, ah, okay. <laughs> 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 I wanted to know who was gonna be. I'm gonna be getting my care from. I, it wasn't right. actually wrong with me, but <laughs> so I did that many years ago. But um, not it, this time. Yeah, it just feels like um. It's like, you're not a priority unless you have cancer, you know, never, it it doesn't matter that you're an actual patient with real concerns, right? Because you have a
2: chart, you're an established patient, right? Right.
0: And I have upcoming appointments. So it's like, what, you know, I'm entitled to, and I deserve to have a conversation with somebody who is in charge of my case. I don't want to be, you know, bumped from pillar to post with people who don't know anything about anything. They had a rad tech uh, contact me. She was just rattling off stuff that had nothing to do with anything I was asking her. And then finally she was like, well, I I just don't know. Um, You know, I'll have to have someone else talk to you. Then they had someone from the file room contact me what the hell does
2: she know? What does the file room have to do? I'm curious to know what their approach could have been. I I didn't even entertain her. I said, look,
0: I really don't want to be rude, but unless you're a clinician, I don't want to speak to you right now. I really need to speak to a clinician. So she wasn't offended or anything. She said, look, I completely understand and you know, I'll pass it along, but I thanked her for calling me. Okay. But it's just this whole, like, they throw everything at you.
2: Like, huh, a note landed on my desk.
0: Please call. <laughs> yeah. And then they just blindly call you, which right. I appreciate them calling, picking up the phone, but you can't help me. Right. You cannot help me. So it's just been very frustrating. So anyway, long story short, I finally got an appointment to see, um, to, to, you know, like a, a telehealth appointment to talk to my, um my oncologist but you know that I had to even go through all of this nonsense is like so I could see someone else with um less fortitude just giving up
2: yeah I don't have that kind of strong personality but I'm trying to develop it because it's necessary you know and this is how people fall through the cracks in medicine right it's really designed to be this kind of filter to slow everything down because they're just overwhelmed and also there's other reasons I'm sure that, uh, you know, they it's have a lot like, of competition, yes, mm-hmm. yes,
0: and I, and I, and I also really strongly feel that these clinicians, they can't, they, they just can't be bothered, A, and
2: B, sometimes I they they think they're, they're not really people skilled, per se, like that, you're not always well-rounded in, like, dealing with the public, or maybe that's, like, out of their comfort zone, they're really, their specialty, I think
0: particularly radiologists, that may be a
2: thing, too, I think that so they don't usually know. deal with the public other than, you know, when they deal they're doing with body radiology. parts. That's right.
0: It. Yeah. They deal with body parts and scans and labs. That's Or maybe that's, during
2: interventional radiology, like they're doing, you know, you know, they're dealing with the patient that way, but otherwise it's not like a whole lot of consulting and blah, blah, blah. There's just during the individual procedures.
0: I mean, it's just maddening. And, and you, the, again, this is how people fall through the cracks because they just say, screw it. I'm just not mm-hmm. gonna bother with all of this. It's too overwhelming and I'm just not gonna do it. But this is where you have to kind of dig in your heels. So anyway, right. I finally got an appointment with her. I'll talk to her next week and, and we will go from there. But mm-hmm. it's just the point that having to even go through all of this and having these these uh, people have the audacity to tell me these things. Uh, they're busy
1: with the patients.
0: Get out of here. So what am I, chopped liver? Get, you know, get, please miss me with that. So,
1: you know, I, I think this is an example of, you know, the, the one thing you're trying to prevent, which are clinical errors. This is a perfect example of how, by trying to prevent it, you're actually growing it more.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: you know, it, it is a, an exa- a perfect example of medicine by the numbers. I mean, we, you know, I, I did a little digging when, when you had told me this story earlier. And one of the articles that we um, uh, uncovered shows that in order that if a radiologist feels that the lesion has a 4%, 4% or higher chance of being cancerous rather than do more radiology or, or consulting or anything, they recommend the biopsy. So you can have a 96% chance of not being cancerous or anything, but their threshold is 4%. uh, And that's that's what they're held to at these institutions. So in order to have a discussion or being overridden or figuring out other alternatives, you really do have to talk to your doctor. However, in order to talk to your doctor, you got to go through the first, the receptionist, which I guess is or, you know, not disparaging them or anything, but they're the appointment keepers. They're not really clinically trained. Then you go through a a myriad of nurses, file room people. And this is Um, not to
0: say that nurses are not competent. I'm not saying that nurses are not competent. They're extremely skilled and competent at what they do. But this particular nurse had zero familiarity with my case Mm -hmm. and was not able to answer any of my questions, even with the chart in front of her.
1: Then the next step is to talk to the radiologist, which in this instance wasn't around because of the holidays. And then after that, you get to your oncologist. So you basically got to go through five people, do another appointment to see the doctor. Now, if somebody doesn't have the means for this, or if somebody, you, you know, some people are self-employed, so they have a little bit of flexibility. But if you're not, you know, you you may just give up. You may just say, screw it. Yes, I'll, I'll exactly. Do it again in six months. And you know, as we look at disparities, um, which you know is our main mission, there's a there's a huge disparity amongst money in terms yeah. of cancer care and cancer survivorship. And these disparities, you know, are highlighted by stuff like this. The more money you got, the more the more time and patience you got for this type of stuff. If you're if you're on the clock. You That's know? the
0: thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm calling and these people are calling me constantly. And one of them even called me while I was in the middle of, you know, getting my annual skin exam and I was able to call them. At... Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're at a, if you're at an office or if you're, at, you know, mm-hmm. in the field somewhere, or if you're God, if you're a housekeeper who, you know, you don't have this time to walk mm-hmm. around yeah. with your phone. And although everyone's attached to their phone nowadays, but yeah. But my point is, is that you know, you some people work at jobs where they can't have personal calls, right? And this runaround is not productive,
1: right? I mean, you to an extent have the ability. I mean, some people to an extent have the ability to defer work. Right, defer work. That means if you don't do it now, you can get to it this afternoon. If you don't get to it this afternoon, you unfortunately get to it in the evening. There's a lot of people that are nine to five jobs. If you're in a store, if you're If you're in a place where you're, you know, warehouse situation. Yeah. A, a, or if
0: you're commuting, service jab, you're not going to have a, this conversation. You know, you're you're or a bus
1: driver or something yeah. like that. You don't have the ability. You you have very short windows. You don't you don't have the ability for this nonsense. And and I don't think our healthcare system, you know, realizes that. They don't care. I mean, there they really is a, a non-caring of it. And at the end of the day, you know, you thank god you did get the appointment that you got but it but took, the
2: fight i had to put up yeah a... you had to go through five people besides yes. all that and yes. and now you have an appointment that was just to get an appointment to. that talk. was just
0: to get an appointment where the first person when i called and said i want to speak to the doctor could have done that to begin with right that was all she had to do because i had first said i want to talk to my doctor wow And the other thing that I noticed, going back to this marker thing, you know, I was looking at different boards and stuff like that. Um, There was this one board I came across where this radiologist was talking about the procedure and she made it sound like it was like this easy peasy thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one, a couple of women said that they were kind of caught off guard, basically being wheeled into the procedure where the doctor says to them, oh, and by the way, we're going to put a marker in you. And they're like, what? But no, we didn't discuss this. This is, you can't spring this on me right the second. No, we're not going to do it. We, I, we didn't talk about this. And, you know, this kind of attitude of, well, we're just going to do it. And we're just going to surprise you with it. And it should be okay. So they were already in the... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.
2: Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Already being wheeled in the procedure. They're not like yes. even in the bed. Yeah. Like yes. I felt like when I had my, uh, right. my you know, By surgery. the way,
0: we're going to do, yeah. we're going to make these decisions without consulting you and you better just say yes right now. It's like, no, right. yeah. How, how dare you, you know, try to consign me like this without even giving mm-hmm. me a discussion.
2: Is some of that by design, or is that like just thoughtlessness in the pipeline and the way things
1: are?
0: Honey, I don't know. That's a uh, very I think good it's question. A
1: effect before, Say that like, again? Herding, like herding cattle.
2: Okay. That's oh, all right. It's about efficiency. People.
1: Yeah, because it, it makes their life a lot easier. It makes
2: their
0: life a lot easier. Right, right.
1: It, it makes their life a lot easier, yeah. and, I, and I get it that you know when the surgeon is going in there, if they there is a need for surgery, but you, you've got to realize that the whole process, um you know, of a four percent, you know, four four percent chance. Then, really, in 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 more practical terms, once you do have a biopsy, is is it's more of a twenty percent chance that they'll find something because in most cases either people fight back or. Your, your oncologist says, oh, there's nothing there, or you do lose some other, some other test that, that, that doesn't get done. But 80% of the people don't have a surgical intervention afterwards, and they got a chip. And then really, when you look at the literature and you look at the, what they give you as a patient, it's 99% telling you, no, don't worry, that it won't set off an, air, an airplane scanner.
2: As if that's your biggest concern yeah so yeah. that would be what you get told don't worry it won't set up a- and <laughs> that's what they told me
0: and it was not gonna it's not gonna trigger you know the airport as if that's like my biggest concern my biggest oh, concern wow. is i have a foreign body in lobby yeah is that gonna my, move around you know, like i'm a tagged you know cow or something right. for, well, the, so for the hard conven- hard. yeah for the convenience of the the radiologist right. It said in the article. It uh, it, it's, it it helps assure future radiologists. What about my assurance? This is my body. <laughs> you, so are you you thinking that I'm so un, unreliable that I can't carry all of my records with me or get all of my records to this doctor? What what is this, this convenience medicine stuff? Like I can't wrap my mind around it.
1: And wow. I get it, and it cuts down on on uh, medical errors later on. does it
2: because what if it doesn't even go in that that's why i was curious we do we know that they don't move no we don't know that and also
0: they dissolve over time so a lot of them are are embedded in this gel kind of capsule okay silicone capsule but the capsule erodes over time and then after maybe about oh uh uh, 12 to 18 months you can you can barely see it anymore so then 18
2: months yeah, that's uh, yeah. you know, it's I if it's sticking around for ten years and then it might shift in ten, you know, within ten years. But 12 if they 18, put it in the right
0: place to begin with, because depending yeah. on what they use to put it in, sometimes yeah. it doesn't even end up in the in the right place. So now you're you're tagged for life essentially. If if everything is benign, yeah. um, and in the worst case, if it's if it's malignant, then it's not even
2: in the right place. So the, it's so what purpose does it really serve? I guess just for if you're definitely getting the procedure done.
1: So they don't
2: know.
0: Right. They don't know. Because 80% of the time when they go in there, it's benign. Wow. So I don't know. This is a whole lot of conversation for something that's not I don't even know what the accuracy percentage is on this thing anyway. But you know, I want to have a conversation with her. I'm going to have a conversation with her. So let's stay tuned for, for that. I'll let you guys know next time. Wow. <laughs> how that, that whole thing went. and I'm still trying to calm down. I'm very curious to see Terrible how things go. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move on to medical news of the week. Can coffee or dairy cost you your hair? Most people will reach for a cup of coffee or tea first thing. And while it might give you a boost of energy, it could be damaging your hair. Ingredients in black tea and coffee can put a strain on your iron levels, which could result in hair loss. Dr. Sarah Kayat explained that losing around 100 to 150 strands of hair a day is normal, but some people can lose more down to stress. Most of the time, the hair loss will stop once your stress levels ease, but that can be easier said than done. With that in mind, Dr. Kayat, who is working with Viviscal, said you should avoid consuming caffeine, which could be causing your hair to fall out. She explained, did you know the tannins in black tea can block the absorption of iron, which may increase the risk of iron deficiency and in turn result in hair loss? If you are a black tea drinker, try and minimize your intake, or even better, stick with green tea as an alternative. Dr. Kaya said that it's not just an iron deficiency that can be damaging to your hair, but that people with lactose intolerances can also suffer. While most people with lactose intolerance, and that's most of the world, aren't downing pints of milk, Dr. Kayett said, if you have an intolerance, you should try and avoid products that might give you a flare-up in order to prevent hair damage and loss. Being lactose intolerant is very common, and for those with sensitivities to it, eating foods containing dairy can exacerbate skin conditions like psoriasis, eczema, and dandruff, which may affect the health of the scalp and therefore affect the hair health. Signs that your scalp may not be healthy include itchiness, flakiness, or dandruff, redness, oiliness,
2: and spots or bumps. Wow, that's news. Oh, boy. Especially that you said tea also, because I only started drinking coffee uh, a little while ago, a couple years ago, (laughs) but my hair was always kind of like, eh, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. But before that, I drank tons of black tea. So Oh, wow. Okay. You know well, I was able to grow back a lot of my hair, but I never
0: would have made the connection that it was all the coffee I was drinking. I mean, I just stopped drinking coffee because it didn't metabolize well and it I think it was altering my mood
2: but oh it definitely alters my mood that's for sure
0: yeah does it make you like really
2: you know anxious and crabby? No, it makes me happy
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, that would be a reason to keep drinking, but no. Right, right. But
2: I am drinking green tea now. So like, I'm trying to like, I'm like, you know what? Especially but green you tea has that, just as much caffeine. Well, I was talking about the tannins. I guess I was worried about the tannins. There. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, tannins oh are for the caffeine. caffeine. Yeah. But, you mm-hmm. know, there was, we did some stuff about um, where they talked about recommending green tea. So I'm trying to like reduce the black tea, drink the green tea, and mm-hmm. then, you know, eventually cut down on my coffee in the morning. Or but maybe I, mushroom tea that those adaptogens. Oh, I have some tea. of those mushrooms. Adaptive. Yeah, I should put some of that uh, mushroom powder. Ooh, I'll put that in my tea next. That's a good yeah. idea. But it just never occurred to me that it might have been the coffee. I thought it was just genetics and stress. But um, well, I'm sure it's genetics and stress plus coffee. Uh, well, just
0: yeah. in case. No, it's the. It's you talked about that. That's what makes yeah. the coffee black.
1: Okay.
0: That those are called tannins. And that's what they're saying um, affects your iron levels. But you know, um, my dermatologist was saying that it's not the iron levels per se; it's the ferritin, which is the uptake of the iron. Oh, so it's the ferritin levels that you should really be looking at.
2: Yeah. So, do you want high ferritin or low ferritin? You, you want, want
0: high ferritin, ferritin, high uptake. Okay. Because you could be you could be taking iron supplements. You'd be taking in as much iron, but if it if there's no uptake, it's not going ah. to that's needed. Okay. Yeah. So. And even though I'm not supposed to eat dairy, I do have pizza like you know, once or twice a month. Are you lactose? Pizza. Do you have difficulty with lactose? I, I, um, I'm actually dairy, um, I'm allergic to dairy.
1: Oh,
2: all right. I don't
0: have but a lactose. as I've gotten older, I, I don't have the same reaction. Like I used to ah, get an yeah. upset stomach and diarrhea right. and all this other stuff. But now for so many years of, of having zero to little dairy. Has probably you probably healed it. your gut a certain amount. Right, exactly. And so I can tolerate it. Um, but I really shouldn't be eating it. So I'm wondering if I can if I kick the dairy habit altogether, which is kind of difficult when you have little ones, especially a little yes. that's like every time she opens her mouth, pizza, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it takes such like it's more- its own food group. People I'm really find you. <laughs> it's like such a it's like such a force of will for me to like not have any. <laughs> uh, I I I've managed to like only give in like maybe once, maybe twice a month, but mostly once a month. You but know, I'm wondering, you guys, if you guys
1: can... are really hurting to here. because I well, I'm thinking about now is pizza.
2: I know. What's the I'm deal like with pizza? pizza? Why do process? you always think about food? I, don't know, why don't I just feel about- that way too. Whatever we talk well, because about. because that's food.
0: how. That's where I get my. That's the dairy that. I, you know, I don't get any other kind of dairy. I'm not drinking milk. I'm not having like cheeseburgers or stuff like I that. Like that's I the
1: put, only
2: dairy intake.
1: If I put every slice of pizza I've had in my life, like oh my in, God. <laughs> around the planet,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we we'll go to the moon and go <laughs> to, to the moon
1: and <laughs> back. I've had Deep Dish. I've had Detroit, Chicago pizza. Oh, my God. Oh, how
2: did we pizza? And, you know, it's so universal. Around the world, people just go, ah, pizza. Like, there's almost yeah, it's no, such a comfort. You know, food. Really. Yes, it is. Yeah. And kids love it. They understand pizza from, like, birth.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you it's like the golden arches it's ridiculous yeah <laughs> but I'm wondering if I kick the dairy habit altogether like if I can just kick it all together if that would help are you doing I, like cauliflower pizza with yes the pizza? I'm, I'm doing the cauliflower. Pizza. right That's exactly what I'm doing but sometimes I do use the cauliflower crust and make a pizza but you know I haven't been able to get my hands on goat milk uh, mozzarella here I am talking about kicking the dairy habit and I'm
2: like talking about how do I build a, a, a pizza that's more, that I can tolerate better. Healthy earth. Well, well does, goat, does, goat, does goat's milk qualify as dairy in your book?
0: Goat's milk is dairy, but the okay. molecules
2: are smaller and they're very biosimilar to breast milk. So when you're qualifying dairy, you're doing, you're saying like any like- Any animal milk any animal milk. Okay. Okay. So whether it's
0: sheep milk, goat milk, cow milk, but it's
2: closer. Goat's milk is like closer to human breast milk.
0: Yes. It's closer to human breast milk. The molecules are much smaller. That's why, you know, people who are lactose intolerant can have Um, goat milk products.
1: We all go into lactose intolerance eventually. I mean, well, it's like what's like
0: eighty percent of the planet is lactose intolerant or something like that, right? Yeah, I know.
1: it doesn't intend you to, you know, eat drinking the milk of some other animal. Well, Well,
2: we have been uh, doing goat. We've been doing goat for many, 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 many. yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. for a very long time. You know, every farmer had a goat in their. You know, even the poorest person had a goat tied to their fence, right? You know, right. to, yeah. to feed the baby if the milk didn't come through yeah, for whatever but, you reason. You
1: know, I, I, I could see where the cow is, is a bit... It, when,
0: it, when it turned to cows, that's when it started to be problematic. Mm-hmm. But it's that's just right. that cow milk is just so much more plentiful, but that's because their their calves are bigger.
1: Right. And, and they some, produce a lot more.
0: Right. That, right they produce right. a lot more milk. And so per person, you get more milk than okay. from a, a cow. A lot of people from, feed. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So that's what happened with cow milk, but cow milk is not really the, the molecules are just too big and t- children can tolerate them when they're growing up. Cause the body's going to take mm-hmm. what it can take. It's going to take what it can get. But then after a while you start developing, like, I noticed now that my little one, she used to be able to eat an entire, cause those pizzas are not big. They're little pizzas. They're like, what? Six, oh yeah. Six, six inches, eight inches. And she would eat the whole. And then now I've noticed that if she eats a, an entire pie, she will get the runs the next day.
2: Ah, there's so,
0: yeah. So I've backed her off of the pizza, which she's just been like distraught about. But what I do now is I'm just <laughs> Yeah, she's little, distraught because oh it's pizza. God, she divides herself because it's like <laughs> she's so she's so pizza pizza pizza. She's like, you know, Miss Caesar's there. And um So now I give her like, you know, one or two slices with a salad and that's
2: worked much better. What do you do with the salad to get her to eat the salad? Put it on her plate. Okay. okay. (laughs) I mean,
0: she eats, she eats salad. Like I said, have a dressing or. No, she doesn't need dressing. She does like a honey mustard dressing, but she, she also will eat it without dressing. Okay. Yeah. She's just used to it. So. Okay. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time. Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day.